Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees have won another series in Texas, three out of four the hard way after dropping the first one with Garrett Cole on the mound. Anything notable happened in this series? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, the first no-hitter since 1999. Corey Kluber in the third game of the set. No hitters still matter, especially when they're your team. We're going to break it down, all the emotions, plus Aroldis Chapman looking like the best reliever, nay, the best pitcher in baseball. It's possible. CC Sabathia popped off on Tony La Russa, and we loved it. And Joey Gallo, eh, 4 out of 10, 3 out of 10, not what you want to see from a potential Yankees trade target. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. If that's something you'd like to do, we're more than happy to answer it. And we are much happier to answer it now than we would have been when the Yankees were 6-11 and in the middle of April, 25-19. and Not a bad record overall, and certainly not a bad record when you start the way they started. But, uh, sorry, 
got a, a a little bit of breaking news here before I toss it to Thomas, who is here, by the way. But I, I got to break this I'm myself. Here. When you have the sources, you got to break it. So I'm just going to take the authority here and, and go ahead and break it. This is a pubic service announcement. And the news you've all been waiting for, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. You need to join over 2 million when we're... 2 million when? Don't join them. <laughs> join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. They've got the 4.0, and I've been blown away by the tech. It comes with the ceramic blade and the skin-safe technology that you've fallen in love with, as well as a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock created for people who love to shave their balls on airplanes. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn on a 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need it for a more precise shave. And these guard lengths go one through four. That's one. That's a buzz cut on the head. Four, once again, where if you're a four person on the ball trimmer, reevaluate your priorities. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to be that person, you can be. Join those two million when I talked about earlier and head to manscaped.com. You get 20% off with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDED20. Thomas Carinante, finally, welcome to the pod. Sorry I had to get that news out. And sorry I had to talk about that before we talked about Corey Kluber, who no-noed the Texas Rangers. No-no, baby. Uh, you, what can what more can we say about it? This is We were giving Brian Cashman a tough time for kind of going after Kluber and Tyone this offseason to guys who battled injuries the last two years and putting a couple of question marks in the rotation. Uh People may have been right after April, but guess what? May is a totally different story, such as baseball. It's it, always changing. People are looking different from week to week, but I mean, it could not be different for Kluber. Five games started in April, one and two record, 21 and two thirds innings pitch, 4.15 ERA, 289 batting average against. Four games started in May. The man is three and oh with that no hitter, 28 and two thirds innings pitch, 1.88 ERA. 153 batting average against. Uh, and I can assure you this, he is not using the number four trimmer on the Manscaped. No uh, way. He's definitely not. Kluber, uh, bald, looking good. Um, and uh, not full, obviously, uh, nine innings pitch for the man the, uh, on, what was it, Wednesday now? Holy shit. Wednesday. Time is flying. 101 pitches, which doesn't concern me, but uh, that's got to be the first time he's eclipsed the century mark this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I thought he did it against the Tigers. I, I'll look it up, but that's why it, I wasn't yeah, scared. Check it out. Yeah, check yeah it that's out. why I wasn't scared, though, because 101 is a lot different than the 120. I thought he might have to plow through to get this thing. Yeah, no, it was good. It was ve very much efficient. What's that? 11 pitches an inning? Uh, yeah, 11, 11 pitches an inning. So um, 71 strikes. Look at that efficiency. Dropped his ERA all the way to 2.86. I watched the first four innings of this game. And the Yankees were just doing their best not to fucking hit the ball. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to dinner. I'm going to sit down and eat food. And then I tune back in the eighth and I'm like, holy shit, here we go. Kept quiet. I didn't say a word in the chat because I wasn't even going to. No. I didn't say anything on Twitter. I was just like, I, I need this guy to do this, man. He's the, 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 the road that he's had over the last two years. And to be the first pitcher in 21 years to do it. What was the last Roger Clemens and no Cone Cone's perfect game. Roger Clemens didn't throw one for us. I'm an idiot. Clemens I guess. never threw one for us. He threw a one hitter in the ALCS. Oh, okay. So yeah, David, 21 years ago. Shit, man. Uh, and a great achievement because Kluber has a Hall of Fame resume. It's 
So, you know, certainly uh, teetering on that if he continues to produce two times Cy Young winner. Let's get the guy a World Series ring and just and get, get it uh, further into the discussion. But guess what? Um, that he was not the only good performer this series in terms of starting pitching. Domingo Herman went on Thursday. Uh, he had a great outing himself. Um, seven innings pitch shutout, six hits, five Ks. Uh, another very efficient outing, uh, 87 pitches, 61 strikes. He lowered his ERA all the way down to a 3.05. His stuff is tailing, dude. It's just looking so damn good. Um, and uh, it, it goes to show that the Yankees really spent their time <laughs> mulling over if they were going to you know, make sure that he was going to stay with the team because of all the off-the-field issues that he was dealing with. But hopefully that's behind him. Um, oddly enough, the one game we lose in the series was the Garrett Cole start, uh, inexplicable, the baseball being baseball. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, Tyone didn't have a good start, but he, uh, he ended up, well, we thought he was coming out. What after the, after the third and he went in back, the middle of the third, yeah. unable to get that last out. Yeah, yeah. He ended up going out for the fifth. Um, he, he got pulled and then the bullpen did the job that that was a seven, four win for the Yanks. So seven and three on the road trip. Funny enough, a 10-game road trip, and we already had our longest homestand, which was nine games. So awesome, MLB. Really appreciate it. <laughs> um, now we're heading back home to get the White Sox this weekend. Um, but you got to like the way the Yankees are playing, even if the bats aren't really as potent, even if the base running blunders are still happening, and even if we're not getting uh, the, the the best of starts from everybody, you got to be pleased with what the rotation and the bullpen are doing. And um, the lineup, the, the offense is coming through when they're coming through. I don't know if it's more of an indictment of us delivering or the Rangers just stinking, but um, three out of four wins. I'll take it any day of the week. I'm going to ease your mind on Kluber a little bit. He uh, he did hit 100 in the Tiger start. He he got to 103, Ooh. got to 101 in the Scherzer game, uh, then through 85 in the O's game, which maybe threw us off the scent, but then back up to 101. So, yeah, 74, 62, so 77, 91, 96, 103, 101, 85, 101. Uh, okay. Love it. I was, I, yeah, I was a lot more worried. I caught myself sort of, look, I, I try to do the thing where it's like the sixth inning, uh, still nothing, nothing at that point. And I'm like, I just want the win. I don't need the no hitter. The, the no hitter is probably worse for the season as a whole. I, I also just read a, a long piece about the Johan Santana no hitter. I don't know why I did that because it involved me reading a book about the Mets, which, you know, why, why would I willingly do that? But yeah, I read about the aftermath of the Santana no hitter. And so as he gets the lead, I'm sort of like, I'm sort of dreading, like maybe he has a tough inning. He walks a couple guys, he gets out of it with a pop out. All of a sudden he's at like one Oh two in the eighth. And then you're like, how far does he go? Bad idea. Uh, you know, after he ripped the muscle off his shoulder or whatever, he had the slap tear that that guy in that, uh, ad for the hospital. I had, I tore the muscle off the bone, Eric, whatever his <laughs> name. Um, I was sort of worried about Kluber, uh, building that pitch count, but it, best, best case scenario, best of both worlds gets, finishes the no hitter extremely efficiently starts to lose a little bit of a zip in the eighth and ninth, obviously. And so they start swinging earlier in the count. And so they start hitting BBs at people. You had LeMahieu shifted up the middle on that one play. You had Tyler Wade playing a great right field. I'm going to give him credit too. I don't know what that was or, or why he was it's the speed it's the closing speed but he knew exactly where to be on that David Dahl rip it's always the pinch hitter that ruins a no hitter even as a Yankee fan I haven't seen one in 20 plus years I know the pinch hitter is the one that you got to look out for some fresh guy pitcher hasn't faced him yet pitcher's tired pitcher's thinking about the fact that he has a no hitter up comes Dahl former all-star bat and he rocks one into the right field corner 
I thought it was a double off the bat. I think the way Judge has been jogging this year, it's probably a double if Aaron Judge is playing right field. No judgment on him, just how the season's been going. And all of a sudden, Tyler Wade, right place, right time. And it's not even really contested. Final out, Willie Calhoun, good hitter. Somebody I'm eyeing as a trade target. To be honest, we'll talk about trade targets in a little bit. Hits one hard right to second base into this weird little teeth of the shift. Glaber picks it off very, very normal out. Although on the John Sterling radio call, you can hear Susan Waldman gasp when Glaber gets the ball in his hands because I think she's thinking about him throwing the baseball, spiking oh. it directly into the dirt, even though it's a, it's a pretty easy one. It's an easy shot put. Um, but I, you could hear her go, oh, and it's like, I think everybody was thinking the same thing, maybe, although it was pretty simple. Got done. Talk about the fact that you stayed silent in the chat. So did I. I was fending off bullshit in the chat from a coworker who will not be named, um, who just who is a, a Detroit Tigers fan, who just got a no-hitter of his own on Tuesday, said in like the fifth inning, I'm getting tired of these no-hitters. You just, you're only tired of the no-hitters because you just got one. You got one. You got to, you enjoyed your no-hitter. I'm going to go ahead and try to enjoy mine. I was trying to fend him off, giving him something about how they weren't going to let Kluber go all nine. Uh, they did, and uh, he finished, and uh, no-hitters are so cool. Uh, made me a little emotional thinking about Kluber, um, the, the all that he had to fight back from. No, it wasn't like reconstructive arm surgery or thoracic outlet syndrome or anything like that, but lost a year of his career uh, on a bunch of freak maladies. Like you said, on a Hall of Fame path, lost last year after one inning. Uh, he's now never... Still never allowed a hit and now 10 innings career at this Texas ballpark. But the last time was he was a home pitcher for the home team and threw one inning all season last year. Not great. Uh, they were giving away his bobblehead yesterday because they had a bunch of unused inventory from 2020 bobbleheads. They never got to distribute. It was like Kluber and Lance Lynn and all these guys who aren't on the team anymore. Uh, that was pretty cool, too. But yeah, you know, you mentioned the Hall of Fame stuff. It's not quite there yet. He's going to probably have to really show out in the last four or so years of his career. He's going to have to stay healthy and be very good. Uh, 102 and 60. Got to get those counting numbers up a little bit. Um, obviously not there yet, but I we this is the generation that we have seen Hall of Fame pitcher after Hall of Fame pitcher fall off the map and somehow not make it. Felix Hernandez, very iffy. The numbers are not quite there, and he's probably done putting them up, which is not good for his case. Tim Linscomb, clear Hall of Famer who was not able to last longevity-wise. Johan Santana, like I mentioned earlier, another one who clearly should have been in, won't make it. The best pitchers of our generation aren't getting in. Cliff Lee, Roy Oswald, Cole Hamels. Um, it's it's just Verlander and Kershaw and, I don't know, John Lester, Adam Wainwright, Chris Carpenter, all these people who sort of defined our you know, young adulthood. They're not getting in. Um, Matt Kane not getting in. So Kluber is a guy, it's, it's Scherzer, Verlander, and Kershaw for me right now. I guess Granky is a borderline, but I think of all these other names I mentioned as having more of an impact on my life than Zach Granky, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Granky has the counting numbers. He's more likely to get in, but none of these flashes, you know, three or four-year flashes are going to get in. Kluber has some work to do, but you know what? It's nice to see somebody turn the dial back up uh, instead of turning it down for the remainder of his career. Um, I think John Lester's a Hall of Famer, too. I guess we'll see where the committee stands on that. All those old men who are angry about being in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what they have to be angry about, but something, apparently. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was I was very, very, very happy to see Kluber make it back to, you know, higher on the mountaintop than he's ever been. He's never thrown a no-hitter before. Uh, and kudos, like you said, to Brian Cashman, who specifically picked Kluber. He's a famous slow starter. He had a tough April, uh, you know, worked the rust off, came back in May. Uh, Cashman had a one versus one versus one conversation. Kluber versus James Paxton versus Masahiro Tanaka for $4 million more million. 
Uh, Tanaka, say what you will about him. He's not doing what Kluber just did in the regular season. He, he doesn't have that kind of stuff. And James Paxton already sadly out with Tommy John, as we suspected he might be. So Cashman made the right call there. Um, no matter what you get from Kluber for the rest of the season, which hopefully continues to be on a positive trajectory, he made the right call. Texas Rangers are no slouches on offense. They beat Garrett Cole around in the first game of the series. They did. Um, I, I think they've built like two-thirds of an offense. Adolis Garcia is really good. Nate Lowe is down bad in the series. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he's a good baseball player. Joey Gallo, we'll talk about in a second. Something. Uh, Nick Stolak, really good baseball player. Um, Willie Calhoun, I like a lot. Lefty <laughs> with serious power. Uh, you know, these are good. These are good guys. Um, Connor Falefa. Leave something to be desired. Hmm? Kiner Falefa, solid. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, gold, deserving gold glove winner, yeah. too. He made some sparkling plays yeah. in the series. Um, the catching platoon, not great. Although Trevino, I think, uh, beat the Red Sox in one of those. The Red Sox lost three out of four in Texas, by the way. If you want to be one of those Yankee fans who's not impressed by taking three out of four in Texas, or if you want to be one of those Yankee fans who's definitely in our mentions going like, Texas, Baltimore, and Tampa, okay. As if you weren't like peeing your pants before the Tampa series. Like two out of three in Tampa, and then all of a sudden Tampa's bad competition. No, I'm pretty sure Tampa's a hellhole that we haven't won in in several years but oh, downplay it all you want to um I, I saw somebody tweet like yankees are 14 and 5 and it's the most excruciating 14 and 5 i've ever seen no it really isn't they're pitching they're not quite hitting no one in baseball is hitting and guess what some of these games they were hitting the hitting's not consistent but it is there i like a lot of what i've seen and a kluber no hitter is the crown jewel um but do not forget that they still needed to win the final game of the series something they never do send domingo herman out to do it and he was excellent we're gonna take a quick break when we come back, we're talking CC Sabathia, Joey Gallo. Uh, stick around. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the Ace Go Yard podcast. Thomas Carinante, uh, let's talk a little bit about Joey Gallo, who was the name on everyone's lips coming into this series. Not an impressive series. Did not do the thing that we've heard he can do, which is be patient, hit for power, and swing and miss. Mostly swung and missed. Walked against the role as Chapman. I guess that was something, but was basically a non-factor. Got one hit in the series, and it was a single against the shift in the final game of the set. I walked away hoping to be impressed. Maybe he hits a bomb when the Yankees are already winning. Maybe he piles on in a game they're losing, so I don't have to be upset about it. I was looking for him to do more, and he did very little. Oh, one for 11, uh, like you said, one single. Uh, he did have four walks, but he also struck out five times. Uh, is it is that the end-all, be-all for Joey Gallo? No, but when we're talking about trade targets, when guys are kind of getting the spotlight you finally the fans finally get to see the guy who they've been hearing about from rumors or on social media or whatever and then you go into this series and joey gallo kind of puts up a dud you're like that's the guy that 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 they want to add to this lineup they want to add another strikeout walk uh you know the guy who's not hitting home runs at the moment this is the this is the slump that 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 i guess he's in because he's in a he's in uh he's he's not hitting great he hasn't hit a home run He's hit one home run since like May 9th. Um, and then he has one. He has six hits since May 9th, which is 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, his last 10 games. So not really the greatest. His average has now dropped to 211. His OPS is 726. Um and, you know, look, we're talking people. People are thinking that this 14, like you just said, the 14 and five run with this Yankees team has not been pretty. Uh, maybe maybe uh, we should give some kudos to the starting pitching because we know this Yankees lineup is boomer bust. We know that uh, the whole strategy for the front office to add these guys is to kind of have a lineup that does what most other lineups don't do. And that's the Yankees will bludgeon you to death when they're on. That's when they're on, when they're actually hitting the ball, Uh, but they go in dry spells and this is what happens. And guess what? If you have a decent rotation to kind of lift you up and allow the guys to uh, not deal with all the pressure, because we know how, look how ugly it was in April when Kluber was bad and Jamison Tyone was not good. And Domingo Hormon's first two starts were garbage. And, Look at that three fifths of the rotation, not performing well. And then everybody's everybody's trying to go for the offense's head. Now, maybe it's probably I don't know. I'm not an expert. Is it the greatest idea to add a guy like Joey Gallo? Sure, he gives you versatility on defense. Sure, he gives you a left handed bat. But maybe we need a left handed bat that hits for more average. And maybe that series showed that to the front office. Maybe that series showed that to the average fan, uh, because Joey Gallo, as we talked before, is a redundant bat for this Yankees Yankees lineup. Uh, he just happens to hit from the left side of the plate, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves with the need for any left-handed at bats. Uh, any any left-handed trade target at this point, it's like holy shit, just br- bring them in. We'll we'll take them. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. No, uh, trade deadline's coming up uh, in two months ish. Uh, two months, ten days. Brian Cashman has not made a trade in two years at the trade deadline. So is that good? I don't know. Is it good? I don't know Um, if he's going to do it this year. I think he needs to find the full package from the left side of the plate. And sure, Gallo has some time to rebound to show that. But uh, for his career, guys, uh, he's batting 209. I know he has an 817 OPS. It's pretty sexy, um, but I don't think a 209 batting average is really going to cut it for what the Yankees are looking for. And maybe that series showed that to the front office. I don't know. But um Definitely not what people were looking for, uh, I guess, for this supposed audition, uh, if you will. Yeah. Do they need a left-handed bat? Absolutely. Do they need more outfielders? Oh, for sure. Maybe next week. Ryan Lamar got hurt. They're running Tyler Wade out there when Judge needs a rest day. And Duhar, Gardner, and Tyler Wade was the starting outfield uh, on purpose in the final game of the series by design, not an accident. Clint Frazier has some neck stuff. Don't know what that is. Uh, if it explains his, you know, staring at pitches in the zone, that, that would be great because I would love an explanation for that. Um, if he's injured, it's one of, you know, you do get to a point with struggling players eventually where you're like, wait, are they hurt? Oh, thank God, because I was worried they just sucked <laughs> ass. So it, it would be nice to know if Clint Frazier's got something going on. Uh, they need a left-handed outfield bat more than they need anything. Maybe the most obvious need this Yankees team has had in like four years. So if they don't get one, they'd I, I'd be shocked. If they don't get one soon, I'd be bummed because they really are truly running out of people. Greg Allen and Trey Ambergie are both also hurt at AAA. It's Estevan Floreal or truly bust. They're calling up guys from like single A to play AAA. They don't have they don't have enough players to play the outfield at the level below where the games actually count. So they need to get one soon. But is it Joey Gallo? I don't know. And this series not impressive. So let's talk our oldest Chapman a little bit. If we're giving the pitching staff kudos, which we are 22 and two thirds scoreless to end this Rangers series. And I like the Rangers. I like the Rangers more than most. They don't really have a bullpen. 
they kind of sort of have a rotation. I mean, not really, because Mike fulton isn't very good. Neither is Jordan Lyles, who got us in the first game. But Kyle Gibson rules. Dane Dunning, who pitched in this game on Thursday, uh, he's his peripherals don't match his production. And today they did. He was really good. Uh, I liked Young, who threw the third game of the series, although he doesn't have durability. He's just a bulk guy at this point. But soft-tossing, weird lefty with good control. They, they were dot ninety-one in the inside corner. I liked it. Good Rangers team. Yankees shut them out. I don't know why I was talking about the Rangers pitching, but you know, sometimes you just talk about what you're it's talking okay. about. Okay, and, and then what? A couple of years ago, they had Kluber, Lance Lynn, and uh, and Gibson. <laughs> and, and, my, and Mike Miner last and Mike year. Mike Miner, yeah. Yeah, they, it's worse Unbelievable. than it's been, What are you going to do? Um, but Aroldis Chapman this year was definitely part of that 22 and two-thirds scoreless. Still seems to be battling some kind of finger thing. He was looking at his fingers today after getting Nate Lowe. Uh, but overall... He walked Joey Gallo bat at bat. He did not have his splitter today, which I think is finger related. Got to say, but he was still blowing 102 by people. Adolis Garcia barreled up 99. Chris Davis could not barrel up 102. Uh, gave up just the one walk. Joey Gallo got a stolen base. He went to second. Chapman on the season, 17 innings, no runs, five hits. Not a lot of hits, folks. 36 strikeouts, ton of strikeouts, six walks. Sure, 11 saves. Uh, without blowing any of them. He's pitched the most innings in Major League Baseball this season without allowing a run. Thomas Carinante with the baked-in assurance that, yes, at some point in the season, he's going to blow a save. This is still clearly the best stretch we've ever seen from him in the Yankee uniform. It's now the end of May. It's not April 12th. No, it's not. Uh, we're we're almost uh, two full months in here, and so the reason I have to talk about this is because I was the one people were still, I got another person in my mentions. I wrote an article three, four months ago about saying uh, or saying that it was a mistake that we signed Chapman to an extension when we did, because you could look at the stats. It's all in the stats. People, it, it does, it's not even advanced stats. It's just facts. You look at his velocity, his velocity is declining. It, it has been declining steadily since 2016. So why are we signing a closer who lost the the unicorn trait that set him apart from every other pitcher now when everybody's throwing 98 to 100 or oldest Chapman no longer throws 103 or at least at that time he didn't now I guess he's like back he did. To, yeah. yeah now I guess he's back to doing that or at least he's uh he's uh, he's doing that he's uh, he's uh, able to mix that in with his slider and now with the split finger which has made him a lot more dangerous so you look at his velocity since tw- uh, 2017 he was averaging 100.1 miles an hour on his fastball 2018, 98.9, 2019, 98.4, 2020, 98.1. So you see it dropped a full mile an hour and then it's going, it's steadily going down. Now this year he's averaging 99.2 miles an hour on the fastball. And we've seen him hit one Oh three. Now a a number of times, I know we've obviously seen him hit uh, the triple digits over the last four years, but the averages would suggest that he was not doing that as much as he was earlier in his career, uh, specifically in the middle of the decade when he was with the Reds and then uh, came to the Yankees in 2016. Um, So now are we talking about maybe his postseason woes disappearing? I know you look back at his postseason stats and all that lack of success came against the Astros, which now you kind of have to, you know, take with a grain of salt because we don't know what was going on. Uh, maybe they knew it was coming. Maybe they didn't. Maybe Jose Altuve had a buzzer on his ass that was making him spaz and it slider out. I don't know. Um, but and then obviously the home run to Mike Brasso last year. Um, but now uh, you look at Chapman kind of 
elevating his uh, offerings, if you will. Fastball now averaging 99.2, and it's teetering on triple digits. If he keeps throwing the way he's been throwing the last week or so, it's probably going to end up averaging 100 miles an hour in the middle of the season. You look at his slider, which he's throwing a good amount of the time, 85 miles an hour, and then the splitter averaging between 89 and 90. So you have three kind of... uh, uh, buckets where he's hit he's hitting all these different uh speeds and the splitter if you've watched the splitter enough at this point it looks like a fastball and when he's throwing 102 that's a significant difference when you're thinking when you're a hitter and you're sitting back and you're like i'm i'm gonna crank this fastball because there's no way they're sitting there and they're not guessing for the only option is to guess fastball you're not you're not saying oh i'm gonna see like you know what it looks like when it's halfway down the pipe and then i'm gonna decide no it's you're deciding before it comes out of his hand that it's a fastball and that that's the decision you're making. So now that he has these three offerings with all these different miles per hour behind them, he can really throw hitters off. He has, and he, it's almost like he's, he's a really effective starter with three pitches that he can throw and, and control and get over the plate. And we didn't think the splitter you're never, especially as a closer who throws as hard as Chapman does, you're not expecting him to just succeed with the splitter right off the bat. You would think that would be a one to two year adjustment for him to kind of fix it. He's done it much quicker than we could have imagined everyone. So now we're looking at a whole new world as Chapman. Maybe he could have the best year of his career. We don't know. He still has yet to give up a run. We're, we're almost into June. Um, and I like the way it's looking for the postseason. Now he can use this pitch mix against the best offenses in the league. And they're going to be much more thrown off than they ever have been facing him. Um, and we can assume the Astros won't know what's coming this time around. I don't know. So uh, yeah, I like where it's headed. These guys are getting absolutely boinked looking for the splitter or whatever. And they're not able, I mean, spoiler alert, they're having trouble with one Oh two. Yeah. Like Adolis Garcia had a little trouble with one Oh three on the inside black in, in the second game of the series. Um, That one inning turned everything around in this series, but you know, the, the Yankees winning games based on pitching and, and pretty solid defense for a slapdash bunch of complete randos. Uh, who've turned it around. You know, Wade looks good in right. Torres looks good at short all of a sudden. DJ looks good wherever you put him. Gio Rochelle is a godsend. Miguel Andujar, totally fine. Uh, Clint Frazier has been rated very below average this year. Uh, That's why he's making the diving plays that you're seeing, apparently, according to the range factor and all that stuff. But I like what I'm seeing from the Yankees. I'd like to see the offense a little more consistently. Uh, But Chapman has been a huge part of keeping me comfortable at the end of these games in a way that we have maybe never seen before. Now, before we sign off, we got to talk about Tony Larusa, who is the best thing about the the only thing that rivals of the Chicago White Sox should feel comfortable with right now is that Tony Larusa is the manager of the Chicago White Sox. Now, in a way, it's almost like the fact that the New York Knicks, my favorite basketball team in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, insist on starting their worst player at point guard, Alfred Payton, every day. He starts the first and second halves. Uh, I have friends who think it's a sadistic experiment to make the rest of the team better. It might be. He really is one of the worst players in the NBA. And with the White Sox having the most dinosaur manager in the entire game for the most fun young team in baseball almost strikes the same tone. Like they're spiting Tony La Russa when they win and dance in the same way that the people in major league are spiting the owner by ripping her clothes off on that standee. <laughs> like, Tony LaRusso has now, after your mean Mercedes hit a home run to center on a 3-0 pitch against a position player with, with more pitchers available, by the way. The Twins put a position player in. They didn't have to. So that's the Twins surrendering a game. They're saying, we do not want to win. Time to lose. 
Antonio La Russa is infuriated that his own player hit a home run off off the pitcher who was presented to him. I don't know. I, well, I, I used to play baseball. I liked hitting off whoever. If the pitcher on the other team sucked, I liked hitting off him. That was like a big part of it. Like, oh, the, the pitcher is bad. I'm excited to hit against him. Tony La Russa thinks, no, you got to back off. You're trying too hard, playing too well against a bad pitcher. Um, and CC Sabathia lit into him this week on the R2C2 podcast. CC Sabathia unfiltered post-career is like the greatest thing of all time. So glad there was like a discussion of him being in the yes booth. I love David Cohn in the yes booth. He gets away with a lot of stuff. O'Neill gets away with a lot of little jabs. I don't think CC would feel comfortable getting away with what he wants to say if he were wearing a suit in the yes network booth because he is awesome on this. Obviously, he's awesome on this pod and he was amazing in ripping Larusa to shreds, rightfully so for going against his own player. Yeah, totally. Uh, the the only uh, I, CC, I love you, man. The only place that would be good for you is an HBO style uh, commentating. <laughs> I don't know where that would be, but uh, he, the guy can't. He but what he was in the he was in the booth with Ruko for the Nets game, and he said "fuck" by accident. His wife bet him immediate accidental <laughs> fuck, <laughs> and his wife bet him. She knew she knew she'd win the bet. She knows him better than anybody, and that's that's what we're dealing with. But uh, now he's got a podcast. He could fully be un, uh, unfiltered. Um, and he laid into Larusa, said he should not be managing the White Sox or fucking managing the White Sox is what he said, um, and that uh, he's out of touch with the game. He also alluded to Chris Russo, uh, the MLB Network guy, uh, former radio dude, which you, you all probably know, uh, just being out of touch with the game. It's it, it's obvious. And look, I hate to argue generation to generation because just things are different. And all it is is just people clinging to what they used to have and then a newer generation just wanting to push back because they're sick of what the other generation is talking about. At the end of the day, baseball is the tides are turning. They're trying to grow the game um, and the unwritten rules are kind of uh, a way to hold that back. Uh, People want to see more home runs. People want to see more trash talking. People want to see more showboating. And even look, if you go back and look at old highlights, bat flips used to exist, people. Pitchers used to freak the fuck out when they struck out batters in big in big positions like pitchers would throw at plenty of batters. So, I mean, it's not like the people have broken unwritten rules forever. It's just now it's more of a conversation because this generation of players happens to do all of the things that all the other generations don't like at a greater capacity than they've ever seen before. Um, so CC laid into him and rightfully so he laid into all the other old talking heads who were kind of behind the eight ball with adapting with the game. Uh, part of life is adapting everybody. That's just the way it is. If you're complaining about a guy hitting a three Oh pitch uh, out of the park in a 15 to four game against a position player. Uh, I think CC said it best. Uh, twins, you suck. Maybe try to play better to not put you yourself suck. Really suck. Really bad team. Try to not put yourself in a position where you're down 11 runs in the ninth inning uh, when you're supposed to be arguably the top, the, the, you know, you're supposed to be going neck and neck with the white Sox at this point uh, in the AL central. You are certainly not doing that. Um, and, and it all comes down to like these older generations too. The last thing I'll say about it is like, they're still clinging on to these unwritten rules about sportsmanship, about not letting your opponent feel too bad. We can't make them feel bad, dude. Don't get a hit. Just, you know, walk or, or take the pitch. Let, let them get a strike. Let them make them feel good. And then we have all these older generations telling the newer generations that they're soft and they don't understand what it was like back then and how the, all the troubles they went through. So uh, it, it's it's truly a catch-22 in, in, its, in its most obvious form. Uh, just get rid of the unwritten rules. We don't really want to talk about it anymore. We want to have fun. And guess what? 
people are competing for spots on baseball teams, whether it's a 15 to four game in the ninth or whether it's a one, one game in the 11th. So uh, people should be playing uh, to their best capacities regardless. And if it's a three Oh count, uh, maybe don't get yourself into a three Oh count. If you're, if you're a position player, obviously that's probably going to happen because you're not a fucking pitcher, but if you're a pitcher and you're pitching to a batter at a 15 to four game, maybe don't get yourself into a three Oh count and try to get the ball over the plate. That, that, that would be, that would be the name of the game for baseball. So CC great job, man. Uh, brought out the 2018 uh, series versus the Rays vibes. Uh, that one's for you, bitch. Well, also, Rob Manfred legislated 1-1 games in the 11th out of baseball, so we'll never see those again. <laughs> Maybe you have to prove yourself in 16-4 games with a position player on the mound. Yeah, also stands to be said that there were a lot of players doing crazy things in the 70s, except they all were white. They were white pitchers like Al Herbosky and Mark Fidrich talking themselves and spinning around on the mound and yelling at batters. Dennis Eckersley pointing at people and screaming, you're out or whatever, like, it was white pitchers in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I'm sorry, uh, the game is, a, is you know, not as diverse as it should be now, but it's a little more diverse. It's a little younger and cooler. People are trying to be themselves in Major League Baseball games. And it was cool with the previous generation when the people doing that were Caucasian pitchers. And now that it's maybe not Caucasian pitchers, people seem to be a little more upset. Uh, save your anger for the Houston Astros and Alex Bregman and all those people. Don't put your anger out on your mean Mercedes for hitting a bomb to dead center field. Your mean Mercedes also a career minor leaguer who is getting major league money for the first time in his life. Now you think he doesn't want an extra home run on his resume. He's not young. He's like, he, he's like a 30 ish year old guy he's trying to make a career. Yeah. At, yeah he, he's, he's at the tail end of what was supposed to be his prime. And he's finally in the majors for the first time. Hit all the home runs you want. My dude, it doesn't matter. They're putting the pitcher up there. Who's a infielder. They, they put him out there. So Bomb one, bomb one off him. That's it for this contentious, surprisingly contentious episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast that started with a no-hitter by our team and ended with me yelling about white privilege in 70s baseball. <laughs> Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer that. We will be back on Monday. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can find us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. You can also see what we're writing at YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of Yankees discourse on there. Get involved in the conversation, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Get yourselves a good pizza Friday. We'll talk to you on Monday. Oh, I'm going to get pizza later, Thursday and Friday. See ya. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place. 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 